Welcome back to our daily encouragement series. We are on part two of a four-part series this week, and I have titled it, Why Won't My Mountain Move? Again, my name is Christine Garza. I'm very excited and honored to be here with you as we just delve into the Word of God for a few moments and believe for God to give us the revelation and the truth that we need to get these mountains out of our way. We're going to go right back to our reference verse in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 26. And I'm going to read it all the way through again. And Jesus answering saith unto them, his disciples, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. And if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Five times just in verse 23, you heard me read the word shall. And my question to you and to myself is, is our understanding of shall here in this portion of scripture shallow? See what I did there? Okay, so the first shall we're going to look at is going to be uh, right after the word whosoever. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. But the question that I want to ask is, do you believe that you are a whosoever? Do you believe that you can move a mountain? Well, Jesus does. And he believed that his disciples could. And the thing is, is that Jesus, he didn't discriminate and he doesn't discriminate today about anything uh, concerning your ability. Like, uh, your spiritual age, how long you've been saved, what kind of family you came from, um, if you're rich, if you're poor, are you in the ministry, did you go to Bible college, or anything else like that. He does not discriminate at all, but the question is not, does Jesus believe if you can move this mountain? You have to answer the question whether or not you believe. Do you see yourself as one of those that Jesus was talking about when he said, whosoever? If you do struggle with that, then do one of the little, the, the little tricks that I've done and go and put your name in the scripture. And, you know, if I were using my name, it would sound like, uh, and, and Jesus said, that whenever Chris shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and Chris shall not doubt in her heart, but Chris shall believe. And that'll make it a little more personal for you. And also it's really good for your own ears to hear your tongue say the word of God. So, uh, but you're going to have to believe that you can, otherwise you won't. Now, on the other side of that exact word shall is the word say. What does Jesus say you shall say? He says to say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast thou into the sea. Well, are you saying that? I mean, you don't have to say the word mountain, but are you saying um, 
If you're facing a relationship problem or uh, a negative doctor's report, anything that comes from the pit of hell, anything that's not part of the covenant of God is a mountain that's not intended to be there. And um, But you, you've got to speak to it. So are you saying to it uh, that it's got to get up, it's got to be removed, it's got to go, and it can't come back? Or are you saying maybe something along the lines of, um, I really wish this problem would just go away? Or, God, don't you, don't you see what we're facing down here? Or, ugh, I just can't deal anymore. I'm so tired of dealing with this. Look, Jesus did not offer advice to his disciples that day on how to express frustration to the mountain in hopes that God would hear and then do something about it for them. Uh, he said that we had to say, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And I have learned um, that problems do not positively respond to one thing. They do not respond positively to whining. And um, I've also had to learn that God does not respond to whining. But both your problems and the God who solves those problems respond to the word of God in your mouth. So you'll get a reaction. Your problem will get up and go. God will meet you there. So whining is not going to do anything. Complaining doesn't do anything. Murmuring doesn't do anything. Um, I, I wished it did because I, I've, I, I know how to whine. And, uh, and, I, and I know how to, you know, to cry if I need to. But that's not what God is interested in. He's interested in looking for faith in, in our mouth and in our heart. So we've got to say what Jesus said to say. The next shall, uh, shalls, they contrast each other. They, you shall not doubt and you shall believe. So Jesus says, if we want this kind of mountain move in faith, then we have to say to those, say those things to the mountain and we cannot doubt in our heart. The Greek word here for doubt, it means to, um, to try, to determine, to make a judgment, to decide. And I think a lot of times we don't call out doubt for what it is. Um, have you ever heard a, a brother or sister or, you know, maybe yourself say something like, well, I'm not doubting. I'm just being realistic. Or, no, 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 no. I'm not doubting God, uh, but he does want us to walk in wisdom. You know, I've got to walk in wisdom. Doubt simply means that you are not fully convinced that this mountain is actually going to be uprooted and cast out into the sea. It means that you are going to try something out and you'll determine if it works or not. Uh, whenever I talk to my little one who is six years old, Zoe, uh, she's learning about faith and and. I'll tell her if she has a, a tummy ache or something, I'll, I'll tell her, all right, Zoe, well, we're going to uh, believe God's word right now, and we're going to command that stomach ache to, to settle down and that all symptoms have to flee. And at six years old, she says, well, 
can you just do the believing for me? I'm not at that point yet. So we have to make sure that as growing and maturing Christians that we get to the point where it's not somebody else believing for us, but that we believe ourselves. And we have to have that belief system in place before we speak to the mountain. You can't try it out. So if you haven't decided emphatically that your mountain has to be removed, because you have faith in God and because you told it to, then I'm sorry to tell you, but that mountain is not going to go anywhere. There's just no room for trying things out in our walk with God. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. The only things that we try out are things that have not already been established as truth. And this has already been established as a truth. So our only job is to accept it in the name of Jesus. So, and you're going to have to if you want this thing that's in front of you that's troubling your life if you want it gone. The next, uh, the next one is whatsoever you shall say shall come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you sayeth. Can you see your problem being uprooted in your life? What does come to pass mean for you? Do you sometimes have that sneaky little voice, his name is Satan, um, of deception whispering in your ear these little things that sound holy, but they're not like, um, well, it will come to pass if that's what God wants for you too. It's so tempting sometimes to let our faith off the hook and just, you know, leave it up to God. I mean, that way, if it doesn't resolve, then we don't have to take responsibility for it. And also that gives us, you know, a greater opportunity to whine and cry if we want to. But that's not what Jesus, he didn't tell his disciples that day uh, that if they shall believe and shall not doubt in their heart that whatsoever they sayeth shall only come to pass if God wants to and if the Father signs off on it. He didn't say that. Everything is on us. The authority has been transferred to us. And interestingly, this was even before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, before the same power that raised Christ from the dead uh, was deposited inside of us. This is coming actually from an original ability that God gave humans to speak life or death into any and every situation. And Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life both are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. So if, if, you, if you speak life, and life to a mountain for your situation would be get out of the way, then that's what's going to happen. That's in your tongue. That's the power that we've been given. Um, so when he says it shall come to pass, it means it shall come to pass. And you cannot have any if, ands, or buts in there. It shall come to pass. Whatever that is that you're dealing with, it shall come to pass. But just to be clear, in case anybody has ever lied to you and tried to convince you that God is okay with placing things in your life that are meant to bring hurt or uh, confusion, frustration, hindrance, doubt, um, temptation. God only desires good for you. That mountain 
the reason why Jesus was talking about this is because he doesn't want mountains. These are not God's plan for us. These mountains, uh, whatever it is that is in your life and the things that I'm facing in my life, God does not want them there. Everything that he did proves that. Everything that we get in our covenant redemption package proves what God wants for us. He wants us to have an easy burden, a, a, a light yoke. He wants us to be wealthy without painful toil for it. He wants us to have peace in every situation. He declares that there's no weapon that's formed against us that can prosper. So if you're looking at something in your life and it feels like a weapon has come against you, it's a, and, and you have something in your uh, mind or down here in your belief system that says that, that God brought that, well, that would be a contradiction. Because he says that no weapon formed against you would prosper. And I'm pretty sure that everything that God touches or puts his hands to does prosper. So there's no weapon coming at you. There's no assault. There's no mountain. There's no attack. There's nothing that you're dealing with right now that is bringing harm or hurt to you uh, that has anything to do with God's plan for you. His plan is that that mountain be rooted up and spoken by you to be removed into the sea and that you don't have to look at that thing anymore. So we are going to stop right here for tonight and pick up on Thursday evening with verse 24. We're going to talk about whatsoever things we desire. And then on Friday night, to end uh, this series titled, Why Won't My Mountain Move? I'm going to give a personal testimony um, about how God has been encouraging me and ministering to me through this exact scripture here in about the last four or five weeks and why it was on my heart in the first place to come and bring and share with you. So thank you so much for allowing me in, allowing us to open up the word of God together. Be blessed and I will see you Thursday evening.